welcome, welcome coaches, teachers, parents, and medical professionals. You are listening to Larissa Mills and my podcast, At The Table. I am the founder of iParentGen.com, and today and every day, we are going to discuss how families and schools are managing technology and raising children and teaching them. We are also going to listen to how technology is impacting athletes and their level of sport. So let's get to it. Stay tuned and please call in with your questions or join us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. But parents, you are not alone. There are courses, articles, and videos on my website. Please sign up for free. So let's get listening. Hello there, Ms. Allison Graham. How are you? Awesome. So good to be here. Yes. And I love your red festive sweater, your seasonal sweater. <laughs> I love it. I've got the, the ABBA hands on. Yeah, I to- totally thought of the mama. It's, you know, Sher- Mer- uh, was it Meryl Streep, right? Well, I have yeah. uh, Allison at the table with me today, and she is an author, media commentator, speaker, and lover of metaphors, and a coach. So I would like you, Allison, to provide our listeners with what you do and how we can help parents ease into their day a little bit more. Sure. So my work is all around, uh, you know, in many ways, it's about helping you get out of your own way, right? Interrupting those patterns that we all have as part of the human experience and finding a way for you to step into your brilliance, even when, you know, it's, you're going through tough times, Maybe you're feeling overwhelmed and really stuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you've got a lot of responsibility. And so, you know, what most of my co- coaching clients will say is, like, you help me get through the noise so that I can actually do what matters. And that's and what we're so, going to talk about today. Yeah. Um, also, you are an author. Can you just share that with us? I am. I've actually written four books. Yes. So I love writing. And there might you be another one in the work. for me. <laughs> I've got oh. one more chapter. <laughs> yeah, if you want to, you know, get up at four o'clock in the morning when it's dark and start writing oh uh, with me. That's what I, I do. do <laughs> I love it. And, you know, with, with the book. So I have one book that is really around resilience. And, yes. you know, a lot of your listeners might laugh at the title. It's called uh, Mary my mom birthed a dog Mm -hmm. so obviously I did not marry my mother and I did not give birth to a dog Uh, but I went through a really that would be a scientific experiment for sure (laughs) (laughs) absolutely would but it became a joke because in my early 30s when I you know had longed to meet Mr. Wright and settle down with my 2.5 kids and the dog and all of that Um, I ended up having a surgery and things went wrong and it it went through a very long, uh, what I call a decade of hell. And that's the the, the blessing in all of that, though, is what inspired my work. It has inspired my passion for figuring out the human experience and diving into cognitive behavioral therapy and just really, it, it set me up for being able to help people today. So I, I feel very fortunate, even as much as that was a really tough time. But yeah, the subtitle is how to be resilient. That's your and resilience, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, it's so. hard because today's children, and that's very much why we're here, um, they're not able to be aware of their emotions. So my first question, Allison, we're here today to talk about how we can help parents ease into their day to be better parents. Okay. So 
my, I know that we've talked actually quite a bit before this, and I want to just add a couple statistics. So there has been a dramatic spike in anxiety and in depression and loneliness, and it's really spiked since the invention of the phone. And that's the year 2007, when we keep coming back, when I speak to all these medical professionals, there is some magic year there that has changed. And phones have made us much more accessible to the point where it's detrimental to our mental health um, and taking away our time to relax. So do you think maybe this is contributing to that stress that parents are feeling? Oh my God, a hundred percent. And on so many levels. So there's the obvious piece of it, which is we're we're attached to this hardware, right? And so we're looking down at a screen, we're getting our, you know, hits of enthusiasm from, did they like that? Did they not like it? All of that. But I think there's this, this other level of comparison and what we're seeing on the screen. Right. And so there's a lot more FOMO. And one of my um, favorite stories that I often will tell when I'm speaking, right. (laughs) Or uh, I guess right now I'll tell it, but one of my best friends, yeah, she went away on a trip to Disneyland or Disney world, whichever one's in Florida. And she got back and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like that trip was incredible. Like you guys had the best time and she starts laughing. She's like, Oh, Allison. That they got divorced two months later. It was so bad. Financially, they were so strapped and they were fighting the whole time about what was going on. The kids were at each other's throats. They, um, the two of them were completely disconnected, divorced two months later. And I was watching their family vacation going, oh my gosh, look at this little bit of, you know, sunshine rainbows and unicorns so how how does that not not impact how we feel about ourselves because especially you know during this COVID time we're all sitting at home and we don't have that lifestyle you know in some ways that's a blessing because we're not keeping up with the Joneses right because the Joneses are tucked in at home but still but still it's what people present yeah Digitally, when we're just going to bed at the end of the day, and and this is for the children as well, the heart rate spiked to 160. The, the one study from Dr. Cheever and Dr. Collier have commented on, and they're the world leaders in this. I am yeah. just, I am just in awe of these women. But if we are comparing ourselves to, oh my gosh, look at her body. Oh my gosh, look at what she did with her children. Oh my gosh, I wish I could afford Starbucks. There are moms who cannot go to Starbucks with their families. There are parents who can't afford to go get a tree. And I think a lot of this is not just in this city. This is worldwide. But it's always this one-upmanship. And I think think it is really starting to become a skill in which we're not teaching properly in schools. No. Right or adults, so adults have lost the skill to cope with that. How would you help parents to go to bed at night to relax? Better. Okay, so a couple of things. They're the the hardware issue. So I always like to think like hardware and then our psychological piece, right? Mm-hmm. So the hardware, 
put it away. And there are going to be people who say, great idea, not going to happen. And I'm one of those. So I get it. So here's what I do instead. I did buy the blue light glasses. If you have the means to do that, I think it might've been $30, might've been 20. Go to the link on my website to a, to a company for those. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great. Definitely. I notice a big difference with that on how much it is also on your iPad, put down the the light level, et cetera. But I think the big piece is what are you doing on the iPad before you go to bed? Yeah. So no social media before you go to bed. That's not what you want to stop your day with. No. Stop your day with Uh, My favorite is watching positive YouTube videos. So I'll watch, you know, an interview with Tom Bilyeu or I'll watch something with, uh, what did I fall asleep to last night? Rich Roll was interviewing a guy on, um, you know, brain science and nerve. So I'm always falling asleep to something that is bettering my brain. So let's go back to, now we've covered it backwards, but I'd like it. Because now, how you go to sleep affects your morning. So I've seen on several of your materials how we need to set up our day to make it easier for parents. How would you give them a few tips to set their day up? Because let's face it, every time you check your phone, nine out of every 10 times is a negative emotion. So let's hope that you shut your hardware off, you shut your social media off, and you don't use it 15 minutes before you get up in the morning because that actually starts dopamine and cortisol again. Yeah. Where do we go from there when we wake up and the buzzer goes? Okay, so before I answer that, just what you've said is so brilliant. If nine out of 10 <laughs> times that we pick up our phone, it's negative. I'm going to tell you, I don't have that experience. Yeah. You've I'm going to say nine out of 10 times it's positive yeah. because it's what positive. I'm doing on the phone is I set boundaries. I don't engage in the drama, you know, and I encourage my clients to do this too, right? I don't read the posts. I mute people if they're often in tangent or having a really, you know, and not that I don't want to be supportive, but I can't allow that. Like it's, what do we allow into our our brain? Yes. So, you know, because it just, you get down the rabbit hole. But here's the thing about the morning. And there are so many gurus out there who talk about that morning routine. You know, the one I'm talking about, right? Like you got to get up at 5am, be part of that 5am club. That's and, a Navy SEAL. Yeah, he's Oh yeah. Guy. And he's meditate and exercise and, you know, do this and make those little bento boxes for your kids. You know, here's the thing. If it doesn't make your heart sing to cut up little fruits and put it into designs of giraffes Sorry. that I'm going to tell you to stop doing it. Cause if you ask your child, do they really care? No, they're probably going to say no. no. So this is part of the comparison that the keeping up, but we all have patterns in our lives and the challenge is you already have a morning routine, but if it's not working, then we've got the wrong routine for you. And so uh, my belief is I can't tell you what to put in your morning. If for me, if I were to put meditation, uh, like a half an hour of meditation and a half an hour of exercise in the morning, my whole day is shocked. I'm not happy. It actually interrupts my flow. Mm -hmm. My better morning routine is to get right into my creative. 
-hmm. Like before I have to do anything, before I get out of bed. Stimulus, not your trigger. Because, right? right? And several parents have commented to me that, okay, you know, I can't get them to get up in the morning and get their clothes out. And they're always arguing with me. And I'm like, well, how can you set up your evening to make your morning better? So, do you really care if Johnny is wearing purple? pants I don't know with a red shirt or do you care that Johnny is able to get up and get his own breakfast and just let him pick whatever he wants you just took one small thing but you took the arguing and the trigger that makes you angry out of the mix and exactly mornings are going better he looks like a goofball she said (laughs) what he's you know what (laughs) and I'm like but that's you, like you wanted him to look nice to go to school. He could wear right. track pants and a root sweater and whatever and socks that don't match. Who, who cares right now, right? Like, right, and he'll figure out fashion faster. He'll figure out fashion faster by, by doing it himself. But okay, so here's what I'm gonna ask everybody to do. First yeah. of all, you cannot solve them. Yep. Okay, write it down. I am ready You cannot down. solve the morning routine in the morning, period. There is no morning that has been made better by getting into an argument with your child, your teenager, your spouse, somebody else in the household by saying, you weren't supposed to do this. Why didn't you get up on time? Why didn't you give me this last night? It just doesn't help. Mm -hmm. So what we need to do instead is we need to have a meeting to do your strategy for the morning. And the first thing we're going to do is we're going to create a morning movie for you. So if I were in your home and I were sitting back with my cup of coffee and watching you and your family in your morning, what actually happens? What do you think happens? Mm -hmm. We're going to write it out from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. when you're going to work. Then the next morning, you're going to carry that little writing around. You're going to check your clock and you're going to see if what actually you think is happening is happening. Right. So we'll create awareness jars, I call them. So we want to put one in the bathroom, one in the kitchen, one at the front door. Maybe one in your bedroom. Yeah. And so every time you get annoyed or you want to like be frustrated, I just want you to write it on a post-it note. So an awareness jar is a post-it note with a marker beside it and a little Tupperware container or whatever you have sitting around. And, the, and so go on it or just what you're nope. upset about. It's just, you put it there so that if anything is a problem that we're going to solve at night, we're going to put it there to remember. Okay. Because I think as I've talked with people, what happens is they're like, yeah, our mornings are chaos, but they can't tell me why. And time. They don't have time to tell you why and you right. don't want to open up the can of worms at 8 40 when you need to get to school so time right and then yeah. later on when we find that the average family now spends 960 hours a year on a phone not to get separate on a phone so that's 80 hours a week that's four to five hours a day Now, I've worked out the math between the Canadian Pediatric Society and the math with the American Pediatric Society, and I put the math together, and that's about, give or take, in the States, it's over 1,000, if I were to do the math. In Canada, it's a little lower, but they're even coming out with new data now that says that 
um, parents are on their phone four to five hours a day. Now, I personally don't know how that's even possible because mother of three kids working a job. Um, that must mean that you are not spending quality time with your family. That's what that comes down to. I can guarantee So when you, yeah. So here's the thing. You're absolutely right. I think that's exactly what those numbers mean. And by the way, I hope everybody listening right now is terrified by those numbers. And I, I don't think many people are contemplating, like when I've interviewed elite professional athletes here, Olympians, their coaches, and you look at the effort of time spent in their sport, not on a phone, look at how wonderful the product is. When mm. you focus on something, look what happens. When yeah. you change your pattern of behavior, yet it's almost like families are backpedaling. And this is pre-COVID. This is not even COVID, Allison. These numbers were done before. Yes. Yeah. So imagine what they are now. I don't, I don't think I could bring myself to look. I don't think I, I could. Well, okay. So but if you think about, um, I know we were going to talk about the morning, but I think hey, that's the key. Get a, get a sense of what's going on in the morning so you can yeah. actually figure out where the bottlenecks are so you can fix it. Okay. So that's great. Let's, let's leave that. And by so the way, I have that online notes were a great idea. I think I'd actually like to adapt that in a cognitive behavioral um, less than like a master class for parents too. You know, yeah. when I, I get frustrated when you didn't pack your lunch, you didn't do this, you didn't do this. And it, we really want to eliminate the yelling and the screaming and yes. right. We want to approach kids the way we would approach someone at work. Right. Kind. And nobody awesome. wins. Nobody. And here's the, so this program that I put out, put together, how to create your online, uh, your ultimate stress-free morning routine. It's an online program. Great. It, you know, we talk about the fact that you've got to get the whole household involved. And, you know, I've had, you know, people push back and say, my kids don't care. I'm like, you know what? Your kids do care because nobody wins when you're walking out the door and everybody's yelling and in a, a stint and you're walking, going into work late, like, None of that helps anybody. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, that awareness jar for like everybody can just throw in. And then when you have your nighttime meeting, you can look at it and strategically. But let's let's park that for a second, because yep. like you've just these numbers are blowing my mind. But let's think yep. about why we're reaching to the phone. There, well, there's several reasons. Several yes. Reasons. Are you asking me? Or, or No, I, I was going to say one reason, I think. Go for it. Is because we don't want to deal with the true emotion. Why? And let's think about when we were kids. So we say this started in 2007. And I'm going to push back on that because I think actually we were pushing down our emotions way before that. I would agree with you. As a teacher, I can see the behavior. It was becoming more of a lifestyle. Because parents, when I see children in schools, the children were resistant to instructions. That tells me at home, they are very resistant to instructions. You better believe it. And but think about it. I change around 2002, 2005 is when I visibly saw the change happening. Right. But I think we are seeing a huge family crisis now, a family Awful. crisis of yeah. phone addiction and how it's going to pivot and change our mental health and our hospitals and our healthcare system 
It's going to decline our sports. It's going to separate our athletes into not even growing. Your kids are not even growing anymore in first world countries because they're just on a, they're gaming for six, hours, seven hours a day. So we're separating yeah. our elite athletes and our very weak children who are not even developing like just their muscles and their bone and ligament attachments. So that we're seeing such changes now that these pediatricians and psychiatrists and family doctors who I've interviewed are just, they can't say enough, you know, one hour a day, folks, a phone or it's addictive. Right. So, and it's, it's like, it's a creating a whole new level of haves and haves nots. So we're going to have the people who have functional health and the people who do not. Correct. Two different sides. And it's, it's becoming very Yeah, different. two different societies. Yeah. And one right. will bump, keep bumping. Okay, remember when you were, yes. Yeah. It just, yeah, it's going to be off. But, okay, remember when you were a kid. Yeah. And if you were blessed to have parents who cared about you or somebody who would come and you fell off a bike and you scraped your knee. Okay. Yep. Somebody would run over to you if you were blessed to have that, and they would go, "Oh, you here? Come on!" And they go to the bathroom and they clean it all up, and they put on some polysporin, and they put on a bandaid, and they go, "I didn't get that." Kiss it better. <laughs> oh, you didn't? I did. No, no but I, I, you'll I, understand I, the concept yeah. as I finish this story. Yeah. Okay. So think about this. So you, as a child, are thinking like it still hurts your mom, your parent, your babysitter, whatever is going, no, 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 it doesn't hurt. Don't cry. Mm -hmm. Right. And we'll go get ice cream. So now you're taking physical pain and you're masking it with reward yeah. and you're, you're oh, using the gotta go technique. Yeah. But then we take that further in our lives. So even when we were younger, Oh, they're just jealous when you're bullied. Right. And instead of feeling the pain, and even, you know, I was talking with them um, and did another pod podcast and uh, one of the, the people was Merge Marketing. And he's like, you know, my child is actually really having a lot of pain right now. So are you saying that we shouldn't tell her that it's all okay? And, you know, because that's the natural instinct is to soothe and not actually validate the pain. Yeah, there's a remarkable um, psychiatrist, psychologist, um, Dr. Eliza Pressman, and she is really, and Dr. Um, Nancy Collier, an adult psychotherapist, and write what you said, that, okay, in my scenario, in the Band-Aid scenario, Allison, my dad or mom would be like, are you okay? It's okay to cry. It's okay. It. It's okay to did you bump? Were you going fast? Because you were going fast. You know, just be careful next time. Do you want to come home? Do you, what do you need? Instead of right. sheltering, telling me how to feel, but they were just, just being there, just being supportive. And you know, that one's a really good one. Yeah. Let's get you cleaned up and out you go. And they acknowledge my feelings. They help me. They help me give coping mechanisms. Because I grew up around a lot of boys and I could dare not cry, right? But if I did cry, they knew it was bad. And if yeah. I was kind of like, you know, the tears, but not really crying. Yeah, I got the raspberry on the knee. And, you know, somebody would say, well, wash it off. Go back out and play. Are you all right? It's okay to cry. And, it, and they said it to all my brothers, too. The same, we got the same treatment. 
very fair, very loving, very supportive, but helped cope. Yes, which is totally different than what happens, right? Yes. And then, but as adults, we do it. So like, and I noticed this. So let's say I have a feeling of embarrassment. Like, I mean, I used to, you know, whatever. I have a lot of things. Now I get less embarrassed because I'm just like, ah, this is who I am. I got it. (laughs) Right. But if I am, if I'm having that sensation, I'm driving, I'm immediately like the instinct is to, hey, Siri, call somebody. And so here's where awareness, oh, my Hey Siri is trying to call. It's okay, cancel. <laughs> my, my Siri is on it. She's like, I didn't get that. Um, but I'm like trying to deflect. It's got the gotta go technique is what I call it. And so instead, when we're aware and we're noticing that sensation of, I don't like what I'm feeling right now, so I'm going to distract myself with that phone. Yeah. that is the moment that you need to not touch that phone. Yeah. In psychology, That's the moment where you have to. Yeah, it's called denial. Yeah. There's nine coping mechanisms in psychology. And actually my daughter's just studying that right in school. And as I'm going through her quiz yesterday with her, I'm like, mm, denial, rationalization, ramification, <laughs> dismissive displacement. And I'm like, hmm, do you have them all? Do you understand? So when we have emotions, Ella, it's okay to have them because she's my sensitive child. I had to literally change the way I parented to parent her. I love it. Because what I was doing with the other two certainly does not work with her because she's my shy child. She's my introverted child. She's my child that's so confident and so humble and quiet and everything's going on, but you wouldn't know it. So I just had to pivot and say, what is you know, what is going on? How can I do this better? And it be, and it's better. Now it's kind of rougher because it depends on the school and the, like the teacher, like what's happening with the pandemic. Yep. But it's still respectful. You can talk. I don't, she's not one you can, you can dictate to. Natural consequences with her are my best friend, right? Like she's looking at universities. I'm like, oh, did you happen to look at this? Did you get the dates on time? It's up to you. Because if she screws that up, then, you know, it's not on, I, I you're 18 almost. You've got to, you know. Yeah. Now, we were talking about tasks and making things, tasks that you don't want to do. How do you make tasks that you don't want to do doable? Doable, okay. Uh, well, first of all, look at the task and figure out, uh, this is where, you know, I joke about metaphors, like how much I love them, I really do. And so this is where I will tell you about the ice cube that became the snowman. Mm-hmm. Okay, tasks. We have them all day, we got to do the dishes, we got to do the laundry, we got like, they just don't end. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got your work and your life and whatever else is going on. But imagine all of those tasks represented as ice cubes. Okay. okay. And your job is to melt them as fast as you possibly can, as efficiently as you can. The sooner you melt them, the sooner you can get on with your day and do more ice cubes. Okay. And now imagine beside you is a huge snowbank. Mm-hmm. And this snowbank represents misplaced emotion negative storyline and barriers to performance like worry judgment comparison not setting boundaries not saying no uh complaining like any of those human experiences pieces so instead of just doing the task 
we walk over to the snowbank and we pack our ice cube into the snow mm-hmm. and we add on a little misplaced emotion. So you're fearful about your business, your revenue, your job security, COVID, and your child comes up to you and says, hey, do you want to play a game of cards? And you snap at that child. Misplaced emotion. Misplaced, yeah. Okay. Negative storyline. Dishes are there. You know, they just don't end. We all know that. And instead, you're like judging your spouse because they didn't do them. Or your kids because they're just not putting them in the dishwasher and they're piling them on the thing for you to do it. So now you're adding storyline to it. And then we add on the worry or the procrastination. So I'm not going to you know, do this. So now all of a sudden we've got these little ice cubes that need to be melted. Right. We've packed so much snow around them that yep. now we have a snowman bottom yep. that needs to be melted. Yep. Doesn't change the ice cube. So when people are resisting tasks, what I generally try to figure out is what snow are you putting around that task? Because here's the thing, unless you're going to hire somebody to come in and be your nanny as an adult, right? not your kid's nanny, your nanny, you got to do it. So anytime we spend in that state of, you know, packing snow around these ice cubes is stealing capacity from your life. Is stealing capacity for you to do, to be, yeah. to feel, to hear. And, you know, this unrealistic expectation around it, like even with your morning routine, you don't need the perfect re- morning routine according to the gurus. You need a morning movie that is going to. Well, you froze there. Yeah. You either get everybody up earlier and you're like, Ellie, not going to happen, <laughs> right? You delete something that you're doing in the morning. Yep. Or you do what you're doing more efficiently. Yep. And I guarantee you there are ice cubes that are going on in your house every morning that just need to be melted that are turning into snowballs and snowman bottoms because of all the other stuff I just mentioned. And it's interesting because... When I speak to parents, one of the most important ways in which we can help children reduce screen time, which is my ultimate goal, it is is routine. My consistent parenting method courses help parents streamline routines, expectations, and rules. But I find that a lot of parents aren't enforcing them at other times. But if we were always consistent, with our love, with our attention, with how we talk, your kids will behave better. Because the more time we put in with the kids, the more time these little tasks become, oh, I'll help mom, instead of, oh, why do I have to? You know, and if you're not putting in the time into your relationship, which 960 hours a year tells me you are not, simply not loving talking there are children going to school in jksk allison who can't speak and have no emotions okay this is is, awful and this is growing this is this is something to be concerned about right dr john hutton out of uh, cincinnati hospital in cleveland he's studying mriing children's brains now when we use a phone it's very much being like on cocaine it's dulling the brain so it's like watching YouTube for 10 hours. 
That's it. So the brain is not even showing use in the linguistic part because they're not, and talking actually fights dementia. So now we're seeing dementia in people under 40. So it's like, so now parents come to me desperate. How do I get my kids off phone? I'm like, it's all about your relationship with your kids and your value system. If your value system is off in your home, what you value, like, do I really want to play president for the hundredth time tonight between eight and eight 30 and fish? And no, I, I really don't. Sometimes I do. And I do it anyway, but it's bonding, you know, cause he tries to cheat or they try to play or they want to beat mom and dad or, you know, something that you just do, just spend 20 minutes a day bonding and off your phones all the way, not even out at dinner, not even in the cars. If, if I could basically take the person who invented movies and cars, I want to scream. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Take away that best it's time, take right? Away that ability to, to just talk and relax and our minds relax with that. And I really like your snowman idea because that, that will work when the bonding and the routine is set. Yes. hundred percent. Right? And you know, in all relationship, in all relationship, yeah. focused engagement is more effective than half interested behavior. Right. So, you know, for those families out there right now, those parents who are like, hey, not only is my kid addicted, I'm addicted. Yes. So we've got to work through that. Mm-hmm. However, what we could do is I, I bet you you would be excited if people would just put it down. Like if the, the child talk, instead of having the phone, put it down for two minutes, square your shoulders, look at the child, engage, and then come back. Like just those little baby steps. I'm all about what is the next best step that is going to get us to our overall goal. So challenge yourself this week. I'm going to do two minutes of proactive. I'm going to totally focus on my child every day for two minutes. See how it goes. Then go four minutes, then go eight minutes, then go 16 minutes, then go a half hour, like build up, build up. Yep. So that it becomes ingrained in your pattern and you become consistent. And I really like the fact that if we are adhering to these routines and if, if, if the recommended time, I mean, you're talking even babies are not even getting, newborn babies are not getting the mother's attention anymore. Because as we're oh. feeding, moms are just doing this and the babies are learning to watch the screen instead of their mother. So the, 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 the most important bond that you can possibly have, I don't care if you're nursing or you're bottle feeding. I don't care. Right. You can have a baby who choked and I had to do CPR on two of my kids. And if I wasn't listening and watching their mouths, they would have, I don't know what would have happened. Right. But I, I found that singing and talking, if we don't have those things at those youngest points of our lives with our families, then our mornings, like we're talking about, the chaotic mornings, they're going to be so horrible. So it's all about starting off, avoiding the screens, making things simple, and bonding, and changing our value. Do you really value scrolling Instagram all night? Or do you really want to play game of life and go for a walk, play with your dog, do the chores together, play the music, and then everybody to go bed? And then you get quality phone time for 30 minutes, maybe on your own? Like we have to start thinking of how we're valuing our time. And I think we've misplaced it right now. 
We sure have. Uh, another way I was talking with a, a person yesterday and what we had him do was take his, um, actually there've been two people in the last two days who had a conversation about this, take the apps off of your phone. Mm -hmm. So at least you have to be on your iPad or at least you have to be on, which you don't carry around as often. Yeah. Uh, or you have to be on your actual desktop, which is maybe at your computer time. It's just anything you can do to trick yourself into being yeah. more engaged in life. Because my biggest fear for people is we are going to go through the motions of life without the emotions right. of life. And when children are looking at their parents and saying, well, mom's always on that. So then I can always be on it. So if we're sure. demonstrating, I always tell my parents, if you're at home and you have work to do, go do it in the ta at the table. My husband's excellent at it. He takes the laptop. We get the laptop out. I work on my laptop. And I take the laptop out, not my phone. And I try never to be on my phone around the kids. When my kids come and say, Mom, you got to see what I just built. I built a fort for the cat. You know, and, and I have to go because every time they ask me something, every time they come to me, they build trust yes. and know that I'm going to, you know, either I call it the landing mat. Are you a landing mat? You might be a landing mat for members of your family. However, we build that trust with, it's so important to their cognitive development, actually to their emotional development. And I think the security attachment bond, and I, I misplaced the years, I believe, in my work is eight. And if you don't have it formed by eight, I don't. I think it's very detrimental to future relationships if it's not formed by then. And right now, kids are just being dismissed. Like, not and I wonder if it's parents are giving up and like, oh, that's just how it is, and they'll adapt. Yeah, this and our brain will. And you know what? They will adapt, but what are they going to adapt to? Uh, the same material, the same things, the same pattern, same game, same iPads. Um, it, it, it is really, that's a whole other topic, I think, about time and how we spend our time. But um, how we manage our phones is all about health now. It is. It really is, is a direct link to our success mentally and our success in, in terms of something tangible. Like, it's, it's so sad. I've never seen the statistics like I've seen right in the last year. And uh, even my athletes, when I coach, even, even in the, their hand coming back to hit the ball in volleyball, they don't even know where their hand is in space because they are not as attuned and strong and active. So they, I actually have to work more with kids now to get them stronger to where my elite people are. So I'm seeing these big, like we talked about, these big divisive, divisive gaps of, of physicality. It's incredible. And then they get off on a tournament and instead of watching the volleyball games, right, and cheating and finding out how to block somebody, how to get her dig, let's we'll think about this offensively. I'm teaching more mental health to these kids than I am drills because I have to build my bond up with them and my trust. And then they will do anything for me. You know, oh, did you have her as a coach? She was funny, right? And that's who, if you asked who your favorite teacher was, Allison, I bet you within two seconds, you're going to say somebody. Who was oh, of course. Yeah, my turn, yeah. Because you love them, because they made you feel valued. Yeah, right? I had a lot of really great teachers. I was in a small town. I could tell many, Dr. Axford, 
yeah. there you go. Like, it's so important that we, we can say that. And now today kids aren't doing it because they don't care. And because they're not looking up long enough to like somebody, to learn about somebody, you know? So I just well, look and they're looking at an inanimate object, right? That basically. doesn't have the three, the, the depth of perception, the, like even thinking about our, you know, and, and for the parents and for the children, the self-confidence, the ability to engage in dialogue, like maybe we do another conversation on your podcast about resilience, right? Like how do they actually process difficult challenges? Yeah. yeah. You know, all of that is missing in the phone. Yeah. And it's, I just want to recap. I got, uh, we got to stop soon. So I have time. We can talk for hours. Yes, we could. So I just want to recap three strategies for our parents. So um, when I'm done, you can uh, add something if you want or change something. Okay. But this is what I heard and wrote down. So parents, if you're struggling to ease into your day, if you're struggling to find a less less resistant way in your mornings to get going with kids, we have three things that Allison suggested. So the first one was, and I really like it, is... Detach yourself from your hardware. Be more engaged. Because if you're more engaged, they're going to listen. And you're going to build the bond. And don't check your phone and feel the pressure. Set up your phones to work for you. That's what I tell my parents to do. But I go through, like, why do you have apps? Get rid of them. Don't engage. Put our boundaries there with the phones. Like, during COVID, I've had to just shut people off myself right? I can't listen to someone's babble. I just, it's not healthy or I I just don't want to put my energy there. Um, Now for the mornings, you said to make sure that you are putting little post-it notes you said into a jar when things don't go your way and you, you want to talk about it, but you're not ready to, nor do you have the time so that you can revisit that issue later in a healthy, calm state. But try and look at your mornings and analyze where your little bumps in the roads are so that you can smooth them out. Is that kind of what you? Yeah. So you can't fix it in the morning. So you need to fix it later on at night. So that awareness jar will just remind you what the bottlenecks were in the morning. Right. And you create that morning movie and then change it and work scene by scene by scene to create a morning routine that works for you and your household. Right. And I really like what we also hit on, which was before bed. Yes. Shutting it down and doing something that makes you feel good before bed. Now the phone encourages dopamine and cortisol spikes. So we don't really want that. Um, we don't want it. But we, yeah. So we just need to be realistic. Yeah. And, and, and so that's the thing, like, because like the answer is put it in another room and don't touch anything. So that's like, you know, if we were going to give out gold stars, you're like A plus plus student. (laughs) If you can put if you're going to have something in there, only use your iPad instead of your phone, right? Which doesn't have all your text and doesn't have anything. And then use the dim light settings, use your blue blocking glasses and choose. The only big thing I would control add to that was controlling what you actually engage in. So if it's not positive, don't use it before bed. Like don't be starting to read CNN or Fox news. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like if you're looking at that before bed, 
you're done. No. And in fact, for younger kids and for parents, I actually recommend journaling. Yes, absolutely. And I get kids to do tic-tac-toe with parents before bed, reading to our kids. Do you know that almost 60% of kids are not read to bed like they were 10 years ago? And some oh, kids, the best. parents don't say goodnight to them. But you have to look at that stat as kids go off into their room and don't come down. But parents aren't going up into the rooms. Right. So even my daughter, we have to make sure, you know, goodnight. You know, and she's not allowed her phone in her room. She's very good. She's old enough to manage it. She And I encourage families at a very young age to put alarm clocks in their room. Alarm good. clocks. Good are saviors to get rid of the phones out of the rooms because that's the argument to get their phone in their room right exactly they need the alarm to get up can you tell everybody where we can find you and where we can reach you and what program you have for for sure morning absolutely so uh, alisongraham.co so alisongraham.co is my website and there you will find two programs that i would recommend for parents number one is the new one which is create the ultimate stress-free morning routine it'll take you less than an hour to go through the program and within a couple weeks you'll have your routine fixed yeah awesome and the other one is called take back your weekends and it is about how do you deal with the overall stress all of the things you need to do. And this program really was inspired by a client who said, Allison, I'm working so much, I'm going to miss my children's childhood. And I said, we got to fix it. And this is the program I walked him through and I share it with you. So those are the two programs I would recommend uh, that could help people, but definitely connect with me on LinkedIn, wherever you'd like, alisongraham.co. Yeah, and this is where our podcast would go as most of our listeners Most of my listeners know that I put it all on Facebook. I put it on LinkedIn, but you know, parents, there are options and there are places to find resources and they're usually all on my website or they're all linked up somewhere on Instagram or they're all linked up on Facebook or my website. And this will be there too, Allison, but I want to say thank you. And it was so interesting to hear your perspective and to understand that you're out there helping with mental health as well, right? Making things better for families. And I think we're going to need a lot more people like you. (laughs) There's a lot to be done these days for all of us. You know, uh, often like my mom jokes, read your own book. (laughs) (laughs) That's cheeky. I like her. (laughs) That's awesome. And thank you for everything you're doing. It's very, very important work. So well, we'll see you for then hopefully the resilience podcast, maybe. Sounds good. Okay. Well, thank you.